Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you here this evening. And as always, I'm joined by my friend, Anne DeSantis. And we are in the midst of our Beatitudes series. We hope that you're enjoying the Beatitudes series. If, you have, uh, if you're a little late to the party and you haven't uh, been listening to our podcast for a while, uh, welcome uh, as a first-time listener. But we do suggest you head back in our podcast feed and uh, take a listen to the other in the series and uh, many of our other great guests we've had in the past. Uh, so, so please tune in uh, to the other ones. Uh, we're on our fourth Beatitude. I can't believe we're halfway through, Anne. How are you? Oh, I'm great, Bill. Good to be here. Yeah, I've been really enjoying this series. And um, I, love, I love the Beatitudes, and they're such a great lesson for us. You know, we have the Ten Commandments, which are yeah. also great bullet points of faith, right? Right. From the Old Testament and the Beatitudes really, I think, sum everything up for us as Christians. Um, yeah, I think as we said last time, you know, yes. it's the attitude that we're supposed to have. These are the attitudes that we're supposed to be living. Um, you know, they're the the Beatitudes. Uh, so, mm-hmm. um, but exactly. And, and if we are these attitudes, we will have um, the assurance of a great life here on earth, but also a, uh, and more importantly, a great life in heaven with Christ. So, um, so we're on the fourth one. I can't believe it, which uh, simply is, uh, blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. And again, for our listeners, we are using, uh, for, uh, for the purposes of this podcast, the uh, Beatitudes from Matthew chapter 5, which is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and the Beatitudes start with verse 3, and they go through verse 11. Uh, the one we're talking about today is verse 6, Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Exactly, Bill. And, um, and if people want to know where to find them in the Bible, as you said, it's Matthew 5, verses 3 to 12, and it's also in Luke mm-hmm. 6, uh, 20, yes. uh, 23. So, um, the 23... Yep, it says here. Yep, and you can compare them and, and go back and forth. But we just figured, you know, for this podcast to, to, to use one consistent text that we can refer to, uh, you know, and kind of bounce back and forth. But, but of course, we encourage you to read the entire Bible. You know, we don't, you know, it's, uh, but, but just for our purposes, we're, we're kind of using one, one text. We don't want to mix and match the two as we go through. Um, but, uh, we're, but we're, I'm super excited for this one because, you know, our, our you know, our culture today seems um, to, to be one of those things that is always con- constantly hungry and thirsty for the latest thing or even food. You know, I mean, I, I, I know, um, you know, we we kind of are always looking for, you know, especially as Americans, right? Hunger, thirst, you know, oh, I'm hungry. Oh, I'm thirsty. Oh, I need to have an instant gratification. I really think that... Um, that this beatitude kind of points to that, um, to that culture, like, you know, uh, but wait a minute, aren't we supposed to be hungry and thirsty for the things that are going to be leading us to heaven, not just hungry and thirsty for the things that are satisfying us here on earth? Yeah, exactly, Bill. And, uh, and I think what it comes down to is the material world that we're living in, the tangible world, 
with the spiritual world. And, you know, we can hunger for food and we can hunger for the things that we need to live, right? Food, shelter, clothing. And then there's things like uh, social interaction, friendship, uh, good work so that we can provide for our families and for ourselves to make the world a better place. So there are things that we can hunger for. And, you know, they're not terrible things to hunger for, right? But then there's that whole other realm of the spiritual hunger that we have to uh, connect with God, to do his will, and that life isn't just about the right now. It's about the eternity. Yeah. Yeah. And I once heard that eternity, some people look at it as that it starts when you die. But really and truly that eternity starts at this moment, obviously in previous to this moment. But when we come to that realization in our own lives that eternity is, is now, we can live that way. We can connect with our spiritual side with our relationship with God, that I think that's where it all starts yeah. with prayer, right? Absolutely. It all starts with getting to know him, uh, reading about him in Holy Scripture, which is what we're doing with this, this series. <laughs> and, um, and the sac you know, we're Catholics too, right? So the, the sacraments of our faith. Yes, absolutely. I think, you know, um, delving deep into the Christian life and into all the aspects you just mentioned, you know, um, especially the scripture and, 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 and having prayer part of your life, like, you know, that is what is going to create the basis for your relationship with God. And, you know, like when you create that relationship with God, then, then you hunger for a deeper relationship. I mean, this is not hard <laughs> to, to, to um, give you a good analogy. I mean, you know, we, we're talking about things that draw us closer to God here. We're talking about, you know, the attitudes that draw us closer to God, but but if you do not have a relationship with the person, if you don't have the relationship with with any, any person, you're never going to pursue, um, you know, getting to know them in a deeper way, right? I mean, you know, we talk about, you know, husbands and wives and, and, and how that works, right, in, in, in marriage, right? Like like we, we pursue, we're, you know, we're, we're constantly wanting to know more about and you know our 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 we're, we're constantly revealing more about ourselves and the other person is revealing more about them as our relationship continually grows deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and the same thing is with god like we have to have that relationship and then you know through prayer through scripture through those things as we develop that relationship with him we actually get hungrier you know, like, I mean, think about it. Like, if you're on a business trip away from your wife and your kids and, and you're, you know, trying to, like, you hunger to see them. You want to call them and talk to them. Like, it's just, there, there's a natural, like, I, I hunger for this. I thirst for this relationship because it's, because it's, you know, the solid rock on, on, you know, my, you know, my relationship. And that's true with anything. Like, you know, we, we desire the good uh, work relationships. We desire the good marital relationships. We desire... All of those things, and but we we have to do it through encountering that and and also you know developing the relationship. Like you know we can't just say oh I'm going away on my business trip and you know I'm never coming back. Like no, that doesn't work. So I, I really think for us here when we're examining this particular beatitude, you know, are we hungry and are we thirsty for Christ in our lives, or have we just kind of said, eh? I'll get to him when I get to him, you know? 
uh, it, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get to Sunday Mass when, whenever I feel like it. I'll, I'll pray my daily rosary whenever I, you know, and maybe, maybe twice a week. I, I, I really don't have time for this. You know, what other area of life do you do that in? You know, it, it doesn't, it makes no sense. Yeah, exactly, Bill. Well said, well said. And I, I just found something online. It was It's actually from the Holy Father. I found it on catholicculture.org. Uh, so Pope Francis has said that every person is called to rediscover what really matters, what they really need, what makes them live well, and at the same time, what is secondary and what they can do without. Now, this is all on the topic of hunger for righteousness. He also says that Jesus pro- proclaims in this beatitude, hunger and thirst for uprightness, that there is a thirst that cannot be, that will not be disappointed, a thirst that if satisfied, satisfied, will be sated and will always end well, because it corresponds to the very heart of God, to his Holy Spirit, who is love, and also to the seed, that's the Holy Spirit, sown in our hearts. May the Lord give us this grace to have this thirst for justice, which is precisely the desire to find it, to see God and to do good for others. From what I'm reading here, I think it means that we are not just self-focused on self-focused on what is righteous for our own lives, right? It's got to be about everybody. It's got to be about other people, uh, you know, providing for the world and for people that we know that God puts in front of us. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. And I, I really like where the Pope. Uh, in that quote is talking about, you know, that this is going to be something that we are, um, that, that, that is going to be satiated. Like, like, you know, Jesus says you will be satisfied in, you know, in putting all of your hope and trust and love in me. You know, so often we put our hope and love and trust in the, the things that are passing, you know, like, it doesn't matter what it is, you know, the, the, the food I ate for breakfast satisfied me, but I'm still going to be hungry for lunch and for dinner, you know, like, but, but if I put my trust in Jesus and I put my hope and my love in Christ, then I'm always going to be satisfied regardless of my worldly status, regardless of whatever, you know, how much food I have and how much money I have. Like, you will always find that you are satisfied when you are placed in Christ. Uh, and I love how the Pope brings that out. The, the other thing about righteousness that I, I think is worth unpacking uh, as well is, you know, what, what righteousness are we actually talking about? Are we talking about the, the, the righteousness of what our society is screaming at us, right? Like, I mean, there's, there, there's plenty of you know, righteous causes out there. We saw a bunch last summer, right, where there was, um, you know, this this entire Black Lives Matter movement, and like, okay, you know, they're, they're, they're striving for righteousness, they're striving for equality, they're striving for... Is that the righteousness that Christ is talking about? Um, not necessarily. Christ, and, and this actually comes from the notes in my Bible, um, the, it has a couple of different stars next to the word righteousness, and um, when... It, it says to refer to uh, a couple chapters earlier in the book, where Jesus says to John the Baptist at his baptism, allow it now, for thus it is fitting to fulfill all righteousness. And then if you look at the Bible uh, note below that passage, it actually says this about righteousness. It says, to fulfill all righteousness 
in this gospel, to fulfill usually refers to the fulfillment of prophecy and righteousness to moral conduct in conformity with God's will. Here, however, as in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, righteousness seems to mean the saving activity of God. To fulfill all righteousness is to submit to the plan of God for the salvation of the human race. This involves Jesus' identification with sinners, hence the, hence the propriety of accepting John's baptism. So what we're talking about, I love, you know, again, our church is so smart. We, our scholarship in the church is so smart. Um, and this, this explanation is talking to us about exactly about what you were saying, Anne, as well, right? About this being something that, that we are striving for uh, God's righteousness, God's plan, submitting to God's plan, not, not the world's plan, right? And, and it, it's not this whole, like, okay, uh, worldly righteousness, making sure that, you know, you are righteous and that you are, um, you know, blameless in God's eyes. That, that's not what it, it's talking about, the moral conduct. It's not talking about the moral conduct of that. It's talking about the submission to recognizing that God's will is uh, the plan of salvation for all people. And, and so that is the, the differentiation in, in this explanation on, on the Bible. Uh, for those of you may, may be looking for that explanation, it's uh, the N-A-B-R-E. It's the New American Bible Revised Edition. Um, so if you're looking you know, for a Bible or for an explanation of where I read that from, it's from the New American Bible Revised Edition. Um, so I, I just think it's important to differentiate what righteousness we're talking about, right? Like that's the other thing because, because there is a m morality righteousness where we're trying to, you know, think, okay, I'm righteous, I'm, I'm without sin and all of those things. But this is a little bit different. It's talking about the righteousness of God in his, uh, in his salvation and his plan of salvation for the human race. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it because when we really look at it and, and, and step back, really step back and look at it on a whole, is that, you know, this world has sin and this world has a lot of bad things in it too. But God's plan is always for the right. It's always for what is good. It's always for for goodness to win out over the sin that's that's happening. So I think that's what you're saying. Uh, because there's also, Bill, I think, a negative connotation in the world in secular terms when someone says to, to a person, oh, he or she is so righteous. Yeah. You know, in other words, it's that sort of like that you think that you're holier than me. Uh, you pray more than I do. Maybe uh, you go to church. I don't. I mean, I'm just... Right. talking about the secular term of it. So it's also not that either, right? No, I mean. no, exactly. And that's what <laughs> and that's what the point is. It's the point of Christ making that, saying this is not about your, your blamelessness, right? It's not about your um, holiness. It's about the fact that if you hunger and thirst for my heart to see to see the way that I see, right? Uh, the world, right? My my identification, as that last little quote from the from the Bible note said, Christ's identification with sinners, like like 
identifying and recognizing that the entire world is in need of salvation. And if you hunger and you thirst for that, in me you will be satisfied. Like that that's what this is saying. It's not saying um, just just uh, I am holier than you and therefore I am going to be satisfied because I went to church every Sunday, you know, of my entire life. I know plenty of people, and including myself, who feel not satisfied, you know, walking out of church because they didn't put their entire heart into it, or they didn't put their, uh, you know, they didn't worship God properly. Like, like, you know, but, 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 but yet they turn around and go, oh, I am, you know, so righteous. I am so perfect. You're, that's not what we're talking about here. <laughs> no, I agree with you completely. And I think that's also something that we should address if, if you would, Bill, because, yeah. um, you know, as Catholics, sometimes, um, and now I'm thinking in terms of people who are away from their faith and who come back to church and they want to find the Lord and they want to delve in and get reconciled and go back to confession. And that's all good. That's all your personal relationship with God. And that's wonderful, wonderful to do that. But as a church community, we don't want to act and behave the way Bill, that, that what Bill just said. We want to be that open community that isn't just about a checkbox faith that says Anne went to mass on Sunday and Anne went to daily mass this week and Anne went to confession. You know, it's not about that. It is not about that. It is about your own, really, honestly, you're being Christ to other people. So if you're friends with the pastor or if you're on this board and that board at church and, and you know, in the eyes of your congregation, you're, you're held up high as this righteous person that's, um, you know, active in the Catholic church and maybe even in your diocese or archdiocese. And maybe even as a Catholic speaker or author, who knows? I'm just saying, (laughs) you know, we have to turn from that and say, you know what? It's not about all these things. It's not a checkbox of what I've done and who I am. It's about the fact that when I meet someone who knocks on my door, whoever that might be, who is a person who is hungry, thirsty, needs fellowship, needs a good listening ear. Am I able to do that and be Christ to that person? Yeah. That's righteousness. You, you, you can do all those right things and check all those boxes off that I've done these things. But if I'm still a person who's more self-focused on me and my goals and not open to being a, a very good person, I think then we have to examine ourselves as what righteousness really is. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I, I think when we use the term good person too, I, I, it's important to differentiate, uh, that, that the good person is a relative term, right? Like, oh, you know, you can be a good person. Um, and you know, in society standards, you can be, as Ann said, donating and giving and doing all these things, but you couldn't, you know, have some pretty serious sin in your life and that doesn't necessarily make you righteous you know um so just because you uh exude the the outward appearance you know i think uh, i i I don't know exactly where it is in the bible but you know christ uh also says he also mentions about uh why are you washing the outside of the cup 
when the inside of the cup is dirty, you know, like like the inside is what uh, you know causes the the defilement, not the outside. You know, you're making the outside of the cup look pretty, but the inside is really what I'm worried about. And so I think that this is a call too to examine the inside. Do that examination of conscience. You know, look inward on yourself and say, you know what? Here are the areas that I can improve. Here are the things that I need to do to become holier, to become better, to become a saint. Like, you know, and and that then relates back to the kingdom. It it it, it goes back to the building up of the kingdom because if if we purify ourselves, if we um take ourselves and we allow God to purify us of our sin and we become truly righteous and not worry about all the externals of ministry and all the externals of doing everything else, God then allows us to be used as his instruments to draw other people authentically in. And as you were saying, you know, if if somebody shows up hungry and thirsty on the doorstep or, you know, there's somebody in need, you know, and we just walk away and we say, uh, forget it, you know, then, then we're not really being, you know, gospel-centered in our lives. We're not really being truly gospel-centered. No, I, I agree with you completely. And, and it all comes together. It's a nice uh, puzzle piece that, put, that comes together when we examine it, right? You need to really take a minute and think about what does this mean to be righteous? I mean, and I, I know that you're involved with church, Bill, and so am I. And and I think there's always that fine line with uh, people who are devoted to their faith, whether it's Catholic, Christian, whatever religion it is, that we don't want to become just rule followers of our faith and, and make these check boxes of that you did all the right things. You know, just like when the rich man came to Jesus and he had to turn away because he couldn't do the one thing that Jesus said to go and sell everything and, you know, and walk in the kingdom, you know. And, and do God's will, right? I don't, I don't have the quote right in front of me. I right. should know it by heart. But I mean, if right. that makes any sense. Yeah. No, it, it does. Exactly. You're exactly right. You know, the, the, the Holy Spirit uh, and, and God, when he asks us to do something, we have to act on it. We have to act on it. And when we walk away or we say, uh, you know, I, I, I just can't. I can't bring myself to do that for you. How, you know, how is that being righteous? Right. I mean, that's that's a perfect example, uh, you know, that where where Christ talks about that to the rich young man, you know, absolutely. And I think, Bill, in our own lives, I mean, and I'll get a little personal right now, because I think this was a time that God spoke to me in that particular way, uh, was that after I had my first child, Elaine, uh, and I was a very, very, very busy person before I had my kids. And um, I was working 45 hours a week and doing a lot of other things, as I am now, (laughs) now that they're older, right? I mean, I just never stopped working. And and, um, But God spoke to me when Elaine was born, when I looked at her face, and I was considering um, what to do with uh, the rest of my life. And, and, and yeah, it was a sacrifice. Let's say that it was difficult, but I wound up being a stay at home mom. And I'm not saying that that means everybody needs to do that because not everybody can, you know, 
But for me at that time, and then I wound up getting a, a health condition uh, after my second daughter was born, which you know about, Bill, um, a heart condition. So God spoke to me and said, you know what? This is what I want you to do. I want you to take care of these two kids. And, um, and so that's how God spoke to me at that time. But I think God speaks to us all in different ways about what we should and shouldn't do in our lives, right? Yes. And um, and like I said, not my my story and my decisions aren't for everyone. Not everybody's able to do that. But at the at the time, and and you know that was for me, it was a sacrifice because I enjoyed my quote own life. <laughs> you know what I mean? I enjoyed my own career, my own life, and doing my own thing. But when I looked at my child, I knew that life was a lot, a lot more than my own desires and my own, uh, you know, my own getting ahead in life. It, it had to do with her and it had to do with putting her first and putting my kids first. Yeah. And I think as parents that happens, right, Bill? I mean, you're experiencing that right now. <laughs> yes, I am. And it's a, it's a, <laughs> definitely. I'm Hi, sure. Elvin. I'm <laughs> uh, right. Exactly. I'm sure Elvin is uh, crying right now. Uh, as as we're doing this series, uh, folks, is you know it's pre-recorded uh, so that I can spend some time and uh, be present as a father uh, right now to my newborn, mm-hmm. uh, my Amen. newborn child. So uh, you know I'm sure he's uh, crying right now, and um, and, it, and, it, and it's a beautiful <laughs> thing to experience fatherhood and, and in all its stages and all the preparation for it. Uh, it's a beautiful thing, uh, and again, you know these are the these are the eternal things that we should be that we should be striving for. I think, Anne, you mentioned a lot about, like, like what is God calling you to? What is, what is he calling you to to reveal his salvation in the world? Well, yeah, he's not necessarily calling you to be a busybody and, and work. And, and Yeah, you need to work. And people need to work and people need to drive. And, like, you know, that's, that, that, that's what happens, you know, in, 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 in the world. In fact, God says it, like, work six days a week and give me one, right? Like, that's, that, mm-hmm. that's what he says yes. in the Ten Commandments. But the, the reality is, is, is that, you know, we also have a higher duty than just our, our, our career. We have the, the, the duty that he is calling to us to bring his salvific plan to earth. And that's what we are, you know, called to do as disciples, that's an individual call. It, you know, I can't tell any one of you listening what your call from God is to bring salvation, his salvation, to the earth. But this beatitude is talking about the hunger and thirst to do it. So are you hungry and thirsty to know that call, that what God is? It could be, you know, raising great children. It could be, um, you know, doing something... Simply, simple for God. You know, God can be calling you to do something very simple, like be a great wife and mother or husband and father. Uh, raise children. If you're in religious life, being a being a wonderful priest or 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 a religious sister or brother. Uh, God is God is calling you to a unique call that only you can do. I can't tell you what it is. I can't. But are you hungering and thirsting to know what that is to bring his salvation here, or are you just going, eh, I hope, I, I hope God drops, you know, 
this your you know huge bomb on me and 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 reveals it to me in plain language or are you seeking it are you hungry are you thirsty to know what god is calling you to bill you said it so well thank you and i think on top of that what my mind goes to is the whole idea of mission and every single person has mission and gifts now i'm going to also make a plug for a friend of mine and you you know her too uh, but we all have gifts and talents. And a friend of mine named Lisa Maladnik, and you can look her up online. Oh, yeah. uh, I think it's wonderfullymade139.com. But she is a Clifton Strengths coach. And it's basically the Gallup. It's from Gallup. You know, you've heard of the Gallup polls, but the Clifton Strengths. Find out, if you can, find out what your talents are. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean you need to take this Clifton Strengths assessment or go to a strengths coach. I'm just saying, think about, and, and to God, what are my talents that I have that God wants me to use? And uh, some of those talents are things you don't even know that you have. And, and, and that's a way to bring the righteousness of God to other people because your talent, you know, you might be a very empathetic person who's a good listener to others. That's one way that you can exercise a talent. You might be a very analytical person who can do something in the analytical world, maybe something helping out with um, some kind of ministry or church uh, to help them get on track. I mean, there's so many things that you can do to use those talents. Um, I just want to read one more thing, if I could, from the Holy Father from catholicculture.org. And this is directly from Pope Francis. He says, in every heart, even in the person who's most corrupt and furthest from goodness, there's a hidden yearning for the light, even if it is found under the rubble of deceit and errors. But there's always the thirst for truth and goodness, which is thirst for God. It is the Holy Spirit that inspires this thirst. He is the living water that has molded our dust. His is the creative breath that gave it life. So I think, think about that. We have gifts and talents and listen, we also have vices. Okay. And, right. and if you do take something like that talent uh, assessment and you find out, well, what are my weaknesses? You know, there might not necessarily be sins. What are my weaknesses? Focus on those strengths and use those strengths. And with your weaknesses, just, yeah, try to work on those. Um, but that's the whole idea of the talent assessment and finding out what you're, um, who you are in God's eyes and what you can do to make this kingdom even better. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, one, one thing that I would tell people is definitely go back and listen to the episodes. At least has been on our program a few different times. Uh, so scroll back in the feed if you're listening to this, and you'll see uh, Lisa Maladnik. Uh, and, and, and she, you know, her, well, first of all, her journey is awesome, and she's a wonderful person, but uh, she also... Uh, has some really great advice about using those strengths and talents and uh, and some really great stuff. So definitely, you know, she's a good friend of the program. So please uh, listen to her episodes. And, you know, if, if you're interested more in that, but I think you're spot on and talking about it because that's exactly what we as, you know, people have to do. We have to understand our weaknesses and understand our strengths and and know that God is using them all for the good. You know, um, I remember uh, I was in college and I had uh, a, a professor who was uh, was not religious at all, uh, but ended up being a, a very good friend of mine um, that I still reach out to every once in a while. And 
he he was in professional media. He he worked for EW. Uh, he worked for ESPN, um, and worked for a bunch of other media outlets. And he was a he was a teacher for both public speaking and for um, you know other other media related programs and and stuff. And so or choruses. And so. He, he and I really worked together a lot doing different clubs and things and in media and and whatnot in college and 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 stuff to help develop on-air presence and, and different things that, that that I'm using now and I'm very grateful to him but I remember he would talk to us about character uh, defects and character affects right like the you know the, the you know, things that build us up and the things that uh, you know, th- th- you know that affect our character, that, that that build it up, and the other things that defect it. And one of the very interesting things he talked about was how important character defects are and weaknesses are, and recognizing them, and understanding them, and knowing that what he would always say is that your character defects are just as por- important as your character affects. They're just as important. And allowing and knowing your weakness and also submitting to the fact that it is a weakness is really important. I think we, Satan, is always constantly trying to do something. He's constantly trying to tell us that our weaknesses are a strength. Right? That's not true. Our weaknesses are a weakness. God is telling us something different. He is telling us that by submitting to the weakness, He allows us to, tra- he, he can transform that weakness and use it for His good. Because it's part of that submission aspect. It's part of that God, I, you know, recognizing that He is God and we are not. <laughs> that, that, and and this professor really always talked about. I don't think he ever knew that he was really talking about the the great life of Christ and and his some of his wisdom, right? Like you know, in the in the um, in in the letters of Saint Paul, Saint Paul talks about it a lot, right? Like, I will boast of my weakness. I will talk about my weakness. I will I will know that my weakness is a weakness. I'm not calling it a strength. I'm not calling it something that it's not, but I'm going to say I'm weak in this to allow Christ to enter in and be your Lord and Savior in that area of your life. And that is just as important as saying, God, I'm going to take my strengths, I'm going to take my, my you know, talents and use them at your service. We also have to allow Christ to work through our weakness. And that oftentimes is the way that he shows us that he is Lord in our lives, that he's going to act in our lives, right? That's what he's showing. And when, when we listen to the, the enemy's voice, when we listen to Satan's voice, he's saying, oh, no, that's, you know what, that's okay. That's, that's actually a strength that you're that way. It's actually a strength that you are impatient or you're angry all the time or that you're, you know, this way or that you're that way. These, these little character defects, you know, you you know it, it's actually a good thing keep keep being that way 
that's not what God is telling us. He's, he's saying, no, 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 you're weak in that area. You might be weak with compassion. You might be weak with whatever. I don't know your weaknesses, right? But whatever they are, give them to God to allow God to work through them. Don't just persist in, in them calling them a strength and calling them good. That has just messed up our society so much today. Oh, no, Bill, that's you said it perfectly, because I think in in the worldly terms, things that are really evil and not good, society is saying, oh, yeah, that's great. You know, I mean, they're they're patting it on the back as if, you know, go ahead and do it more. So I think um, I just want to clarify, too. There's two different things that I'm thinking here when I was talking about the talents. Uh, when you when you take something like the Clifton Strengths, which is from Lisa Maladnik, as we were saying, um, those are all, everything on that list is a talent. So there's really no negative things on that list. So when you're working on the ones that are at the bottom, like, you know, the, the list of 34, even when I look at what's number 34 on my list, that's, it doesn't mean that it's not going to be a vice at the bottom. You know, it's still a talent, but it's just low on my talent list or on your talent list, whatever. Um, but then there's a whole other thing a whole other realm of vice versus virtue. And that's different than the talent. So um, what Bill, I think you're talking about, it sounds like is the virtue versus vice because society will point to vice and call it good. Right. And, and, um, yeah, but I think for, yeah. that, you're yeah, exactly, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Society will do that. And then the other thing is the one thing that we can all do, I, I believe this, whether you're quiet, shy, outgoing, whoever you are, uh, Christ is calling us. And I don't mean this in a vague sense to be a good person. I mean this in a sincere way of caring about your brothers and sisters and your fellow human beings. Okay. That's something that every single one of us, no matter what your personality is, you can be quote, good and care about other humans, whether they're Catholic, Christian, whoever they are, care about their well-being, care about the poor, care about people who are uh, marginalized, okay? Every single one of us, I believe this, and I do think it is in scripture. It is in scripture. We are called to love the marginalized people of this world. And we would say, who are those people? Well, Yes, they're the poor. Yes, they're the, the people that you see on the streets. But you know what? They could be people in your own family. They could be people in your own neighborhood. They could be people in your own school or your own workplace. Maybe it's the person that nobody talks to. Maybe it's the person that when you're in a group of friends, they're the only person that doesn't say anything, right? Mm. Think about it. Yeah. I mean, I know, Bill, we've even hosted wonderful people on this podcast who are humble people who have been marginalized in their lives. Yeah. And they understand what that means. So, you know what? I think for us all throughout our lives, remember that that is a partly how we can help help to make this world more righteous. Start to care about marginalized people. Start to care about people who are left out. Start to open up your eyes when you're around a group of people who everybody's laughing and having a great time, except for that one person who just lost a loved one or that one person who just lost their job or that one person who has a heart condition or that one person who has cancer or that one person who's been bullied by people in their own immediate family. 
for years. Okay. Yeah. That's how we can reach out to the marginalized, I think. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we, we are called to do that. And what, what this beatitude, I think, is also talking about is the fact that we are to hunger for that. We are to hunger to bring God's kingdom to earth. And so, you know, as a Christian, we are to hunger for it. We are to desire it so strongly that we're hungry to see it happen. How, how often is that the case, right? Like, how often is that the case for us? Are we hungry or are we complacent and just, well, somebody else is going to take care of it. Somebody else is going to talk to that person across the room. Somebody else, you know what, there's a social program. You know, I, one of my favorite lines in the uh, Christmas Carol, uh, and it, you know, it, you know, it could be in in the movie too, in, in the different movies. But uh, in, you know, in the Christmas Carol, you know, when when the people come to Scrooge and they ask him at the beginning of the of the you know of the uh, story for for money for the poor. He, he says to them, well, aren't there workhouses and aren't there prisons for that? Like, like, don't my taxes go to pay for those things? Well, yes, but many of them are inadequate, you know, the people tell him. And then, and then he goes, well, um, then I guess it ought to just decrease the surplus population, you know? Now, like, is that the attitude we have? Like, there's a program out there. There's a, you know, it's a social program. There's, a, there's some other person that's going to take care of this. Aren't there prisons? Aren't there storehouses? Aren't there just, or are we going to be like that? Or are we going to hunger and thirst and say, no, 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 no. I'm the one. I'm the one that is called by God to, to do this. And I'm the one that's called by God to serve, to give back. Like, I, I think it's so easy as Americans, and it's so easy for us just to toss uh, that line out there, like Scrooge. Oh, aren't there prisons? Aren't there storehouses? Aren't there people that just take care of that? You know, come on. We we live in the 21st century. The government should just, you know, take care of everybody. Like, that is such an easy statement for us to say. Versus, yeah, you know, oh yeah. Right? Versus, actually, no, 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 no. It's my responsibility to help these people that come to my door. I might not be able to. Now, I'm not telling you that you need to become the program that, you know, that, that, that does the long-term, you know, rehabilitation of people who are, who are completely, you know, desolate and, and desperate in whatever situation they are. You may be called to that. God might be calling you to that. You might be a wonderful social worker working in some great settings, and God is calling you to do that. There might also not, you might also not be called to that, but you might be called in the moment to provide for those people and then get them into a place of safety, a place of security, right? He, you know, you might not be called to do it like a social worker might be, or you might not be called to do it as, you know, some of the, you know, for, for a long-term time, but you are called to re react to it when it's put in your lap versus and just go see somebody else. Oh, everything you said. I mean, not that this, this podcast isn't just about us agreeing with each other. Right. <laughs> no, <I know> that. <laughs> but, but I mean, I thought of two things, Bill, that, uh, that came to my head. Um, number one is St. Catherine Drexel. 
who was from the Phil was from the Philadelphia area. And she died, I think, in the 1950s. She was like in her 90s. But basically, she was a, a nun of I think it was the Order of the Blessed Sacrament. And when she entered into the order, she saw a lot of uh, impoverishment among amongst the African American population and Indian or Native American population at the time. And she went to, I think it was the Pope, if I'm correct. And she said to him, you know, there's so much happening here. What should we do? Can you send missions? And he looked at her and he said, you do it. You know, maybe you're the one that should do this. And so that makes me think of, of someone like her that turned around and used her own resources, prayers, and that whole religious order to, to give their lives and their time <clears throat> for people who were impoverished and that really needed to... Uh, have the backing of the Catholic Church spiritually and also materially. Now, it also reminds me, too, the other thing that popped in my head was a secular song, which some of you probably know, uh, Michael Jackson's Man in the Mirror. And I think that's a really good song. I really do. And if, do you, if you haven't heard that one, put it on and listen to it and really listen to the lyrics. Because he said that he says in the song that, you know, and I think it's God basically that's speaking to him and saying that I'm asking you to make that change. And, and that's who we have to look at when we think about what can we do to make this world better is look in that mirror and, and maybe that the man in the mirror that you see can help to do God's will to bring about righteousness in this world. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, folks, we, we, I, I love doing these podcasts. <laughs> I love doing this stuff. Uh, these these podcasts are so great to be with you and on and and sharing and I learn so much you know doing this I learn so much and and I grow spiritually I I you know for the rest of the day I'm thinking about this wonderful beatitude and you know how I can live up to it and as as we said last time on the program uh, know that we are not perfect in this ourselves like I can speak for myself and say I am not perfect in this. I have my own weaknesses, I have my own struggles, I have my own sins, I have my own problems. Um, and I, I just want people to recognize that, you know, we're not living this perfect, um, be, we're not living the Beatitudes perfectly. And so uh, know, know we're all in the boat of making things better for um, each other, inspiring one another. The Holy Spirit is working, you know, to inspire you through whatever words we're talking about today that are coming out of our mouths. But um, I'm just so blessed to let the Holy Spirit act in us and, and, and do this show and podcast with you. And it's just awesome. And I'm, and I'm looking forward to next time already. I mean, it just, it, it's so good. Yeah, Bill, I agree with you. This is uh, an excuse the word. It is fun because it's fun to learn. It's fun to pray. It's, it's fun to, uh, fellowship and to, to know that maybe we're helping someone out there, even if it's just one person, yeah. uh, one person that's listening and saying, you know what, I really got a lot from that podcast and I want to make some kind of change in my life. So God yeah. bless you for listening. Thank you to our listeners. And Bill, as always, thank you to you. Of course, of course. And, and yeah, likewise, you know, uh, folks, we, I, I really encourage you uh, to, as always uh, connect with us, our, on social media, our emails uh, are very, very simple. It's just S-E-W-I-N-G, hope, at patchworkheart.org. 
uh, please email us. Both Ann and I get the emails that come to that address. And uh, we, we love to talk with our listeners and please interact with us. Please share the program. Uh, that's the other big thing. You know, we, we, we don't do this to listen to ourselves. <laughs> you know, we don't do this to listen to ourselves. We do this to uh, ser- serve others. And so um, please share it with as many people uh, as you possibly can. This is a free, uh, you know, podcast. So please spread it far and wide and know as uh, I've often said on different radio programs and whatnot, I always say evangelization has never been easier. All we have to do is click the share button, you know, uh, and we can evangelize uh, with all this amazing content that's out there today. So, uh, folks, uh, what I would like you to do uh, between now and next week is continually, or next time, uh, is Reflect on the next beatitude. I, I'm excited about the next one, too, Anne. It's going to be, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Uh, there we are. There's, uh, there's a, another amazing core tenet of, uh, our, of our Catholic faith that we're going to really unpack uh, fully next time. So looking forward to that. Please uh, take some time to reflect on that in your life and reflect on uh, how you can be hungrier and thirstier for God. Uh, But until then, uh, I encourage you all to uh, visit our websites and whatnot as we we, uh, close off today's program. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. And until next time, keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, Visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2.